You're listening to Second Breaks, the show where we talk about feeling better, doing better, and being better in midlife and beyond. I'm Lou Blazer. You know, when I was younger, I remember marking and celebrating lots of milestones my college graduation, my first job, my first promotion, my first car, the day I finally got my dream apartment, and so on and so forth. And then as I got older, I celebrated less and less milestones. And usually only when it's like a huge and big and significant and big deal like writing my first book. Now, I didn't think anything of this. I mean, I looked around and my friends were doing the same thing. So I thought, hey, you know, par for course, normal behavior, right? In fact, I noticed that people of my generation tended to celebrate, at least on social media, things or events that happen to other people in their lives, like things that happen to their kids, to their grandchildren. There's not a lot of celebration about what's happening with them personally. And for a while there, I thought, you know, this was mainly about not being or not wanting to be boastful about one's milestones. And perhaps people were celebrating quietly on their own, like me. Except that, if I were being honest here, I wasn't celebrating quietly either. I simply was not recognizing milestones anymore, let alone celebrating them. And so that's how it was until one day I heard my guest today, Dara Goldberg, speak about the importance of celebrating milestones in midlife. She talked about how this thing that we're doing here, not marking milestones, that we are in effect supporting the narratives out there that we disappear as we age, that it's all downhill from here, that everything good is in the past. You know, all these narratives that, of course, we are rebelling against. But at the same time, we are inadvertently supporting or helping keep those narratives alive by not marking, not celebrating, not even talking about our milestones. I couldn't wait to get Dara Goldberg here on the podcast so we can talk at length about this and dive deeper. Now, Dara is a proud middle-aged entrepreneur, writer, speaker, and the founder of the Lovin' Midlife Movement for Women. She's known for her passion and work to dispel the misconceptions about women's experiences of midlife and beyond. And she's also well known for her work with pro-age beauty brands to get the rest of the beauty industry to stop pushing the false notion that a woman's beauty declines with age and has an expiration date. I just love the kinds of things that Dara does. In this episode, Dara explains what milestones she's specifically referring to when she says, let's celebrate milestones. The difference between event-driven milestones and developmental or growth-based milestones, and how we can support ourselves and others as we continue to celebrate our milestones as we get older. This was such an eye-opening conversation for me, and I know that you will find it insightful as well. Okie dokie, let me step out of the way, and I'll catch up with you at the back end. 
from my vantage point, when we were younger, um, we see a lot of people saying, you know, celebrating milestones or, or announcing, oh, I've got my first apartment or my first promotion or I just graduated or whatever it is, right? I remember when I, my, my very first car that I bought my, on yes. my own. Risk, I yeah. said that was like a milestone. I'm an adult. I bought a car. Yes. Um, and so we celebrate these things. But then I notice that as we get older, especially, you know, folks in our generation, as we get older, there's less and less of that. I mean, obviously, I still see people celebrating milestones, I put them in quotations, but what I see celebrated are less about, uh, I'd say personal and more about family milestones, like my first grandchild, or my daughter graduated from college. I mean, obviously, all those things, daughter graduating from college, grandson, whatever, they're all obviously also great milestones. But I see less and less of the personal milestones if i can use that phrase do you notice the same thing or if i'm am i totally off no i i mean you're right on it in terms of i feel the same way i see it the same way which is you know and what i hear you mentioning is examples is events right as as and those are milestones like we're not saying they're not but the key difference is when Kids are little, especially, right? You know, below five, it's all about developmental milestones, right? Is, you know, Mimi meeting her milestones for mobility or whatever it might be. And then as we get older, they become more experiential and event-based. But to your point about why, we don't hear like we absolutely experience developmental milestones in throughout our entire lives. But for some reason, you know, the way it's charted or graphed in terms of our lifespan or time is, you know, you celebrate and you see all the developments of kids and then teens and then, you know, early twenties. Wow. Look at how, you've grown and changed and you celebrate, you know, personal development as you called it. And then some, and into the thirties, but then somehow late thirties, early forties, call it wherever you want in there. It's as though once we hit midlife, life has stopped and all growth has stopped. And that's what society I think is telling all women, especially like, not so much men, although I'm not taking away from what men experience, but with women, I truly believe we don't talk about it or even conceive of the idea that we're still growing, still emerging, which is one of my favorite words in midlife. And as the example, what about realizing we get to define ourselves on our own terms? Like, you know, and we, we get there at different times, we experience it differently. But when you have that experience, like, it is almost a moment like, wow, I, but we don't talk no. about it. And we don't go right? out and celebrate, right? You know what, it just hit me when you were saying developmental milestones, because now I understand, like, even when I was giving examples, like my first apartment or my first car, because in the back of my mind, those were progression mm -hmm. like i am developing i'm becoming more of a responsible adult and i am like 
you know, in my growth towards being a adult, like a truly adult person and taking on these responsibilities. And I guess those were like, you know, typical material manifestations of becoming an adult, but in, in the back of my mind, they ex uh, represent growth right. and development. I get that now. And then at some point I stop, I stop talking about right. Isn't that wild? And, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about like first car, first apartment, like those are big deal changes in our lives. I think the key that as we get older, we don't look at the real milestone is how we emerge from that change, right? How we grow. So I know a car might be a you know, somewhat trite example, but it's how does it change who you are and how you live your life and how you feel about things? Like that's the growth or like the ones where it's not visually obvious. It's not tangible, right? Like you said, they're not material items. The one that hits me so proudly when I think about it is I remember the time I looked in the mirror and was kind to the person I saw in the mirror. And I'm like, you know what, Dara, you look good. Or be good yeah. to yourself today, Dara. You're looking a little tired. Like I was really nice to to the Dara in the mirror. That never that happened. These are the milestones that we really ought to be marking and celebrating. And then um, I'm going to go back to, to that. But the other thing is that I wanted to say around the more visible type of milestones mm -hmm. is that, and obviously, if you've written a book, right. obviously, that's a milestone. We should all celebrate yes. that you've written Absolutely. a book. Or if you started, if you launched a new business or you made a humongous pivot or whatever, you know, thing like that, obviously, big milestones, market, celebrate. Mm -hmm. But what I'm what there's a sense of me that says that are we communicating inadvertently that once you get to midlife unless you are making this huge yeah. achievement there is nothing else like what if i'm not writing a book and i'm right. making up of it you know and i am my same old self you know empty nester now Tending my garden. Does that mean I have nothing else right. to celebrate because I'm not writing a book and I have no wish to write a book? Exactly. And I think it's because we're not, you know, I don't mean it should rely solely on us women in midlife and beyond, but I think it starts the way we start changing society's perception that we should just disappear into the woodwork and that there is no growth is we we need to talk about them and we can, you know, you and I are talking with each other about them, but like I, I say, grab any young woman on the street and tell her, <laughs> you know, about what she has to look forward to and to celebrate and voice our milestones. Right. Uh, because it's the only way we will stop being relegated to the shadows and misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, it's funny because um, one of the questions I ask all my guests, which I will ask you <laughs> at, the end, 
is you know this this whole thing about comparing ourselves from when we were 20 mm -hmm. right and to how we are today and the majority or most popular sort of answer that i get is the maturation i'm, I'm more mature now i'm kinder to myself yes more compassionate uh, and more patient with others but more than anything to myself like i'm kinder to myself i'm you know that kind of message but it it, it people didn't get there overnight it was all through a lifetime of working on right. ourselves and when we get there we must mark it and we must celebrate it. it's a beautiful thing and it's the i think i mean you just said it it's cumulative right so why in the world would we look at it as, oh, when we were teens, we, you know, wow, she's really coming to her own from when I saw her at 13. Now she's 18, right? And then at 26, oh, look how much, not look meaning looks, but I can see how much you've grown up. Well, it's because growth is infinite. It's endless, right? And yet somehow there's this crazy idea that it stops. It blows me away. And then and then the other thing too is that I know my girlfriend would say, you know, some of the things that we experience, like how could you possibly celebrate like menopause or getting gray hair or whatever it is, right? And so she, to her, it's like, there's nothing to celebrate. But again, it's more the, the visual sort of cues that we're looking at. But even, even those stages, we can celebrate because they are a natural part of our life. Right. And they're, they are an, an emerging, right? Like they are a new part of our lives. And the mm -hmm. thing about it mm -hmm. that um, when you mentioned menopause, I think a couple of things. One, on the one hand, I feel very strongly that, you know, society like looks at that as like go take a pill or just deal with it, as opposed to seeing it as kind of a life experience. It's, it is a life experience, right? So on the one hand, I feel that society gives it this negative piece. On the other side, I think, you know, it's a piece of the totality of our midlife experience, right? Society is saying, oh, dread menopause. It's you know, a sign that your life is ending. And that is the totality of midlife. It's, you know, menopause, you know, yeah, not being all dried out. Right, exactly. Wrinkles, like, and what I say is, it's not all fun and games, right? Like, I don't like that my knees might be going and my running may be short lived, right? But the difference is, that's not the totality of our experience of midlife right? And getting older and, you know, well into our 80s, 90s, 100s. And so I think we need to celebrate all these pieces of the greatness of it so that yeah. others, especially younger women, right? This is it, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and the older generation, like our parents, they didn't have the opportunity maybe, or they didn't have the tools, um, to to talk about this more openly, we do. Yeah, yeah. In this climate that we're in, and you know, we have the ability to talk about these. So, in a way, it helps the generation 
after us. I totally agree. And we let ourselves truly feel unembarrassable, right? Like, and I love that's another word I love because it's, we're not constantly saying, oh, society might not like this or somebody might think blah, you know, and our voices is, are all we have. Like we, we have to start there because that's where the mind shifts will come from. We're going to get back to that interview shortly. I just wanted to briefly mention that this podcast is made possible by Midlife Cues. Now, Midlife Cues is a weekly digital publication for midlifers who are keen on making the most of their midlife. Every Sunday, we explore topics that help us live a joyful midlife. We talk about health and well-being. We talk about midlife mindset, one of the most important foundational things that we really need to master. We examine what growing bolder in our middle years mean for each of us individually. And we explore how we redefine success at work and in life. Give Midlife Cues a try by signing up for your free copy at midlifecues.com. Okie dokie, let's get back to the conversation. The other thing that I was wondering is that so often I see midlifers when they when they celebrate something on social media mostly it's about the achievements of their kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and none of their own achievements anymore and I was wondering like what, what so it's not like we're not celebrating it's just that we're not we're like looking to others in our lives for things to celebrate Right. Yeah. And it's it's almost as if we don't feel anything. Am I reading that right? Like we don't feel anything in our lives worth celebrating or talking about. And so we look to other people in our lives to find something to celebrate. Yeah, I do think um again it's going back to like what you're saying, like looking externally, right? And also looking at the milestones as events or tangible items. And I think we have never been conditioned to recognize them, right? Like, I don't even know how it came to be that I've started recognizing them and being willing to call them milestones, right? Like to truly name them milestones. And so that's part of it is we're creating, you know, or we're defining on our own terms that these things are milestones and they right. should be celebrated. And then it's a matter of like rec- helping others recognize it. Like, why wouldn't we give value? Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. We don't know to give value to some of these epiphanies or, you know, life changing yeah. moments and developmental moments in our lives because mm-hmm. nobody else told us they had value, right? I don't know if I'm getting this right, but. If I can, if I see you celebrating that particular milestone, then I'll see it in right. me when it happens to me, or that, oh my God, that happened right. to me too. That's, you know, so we don't have those examples. Right. And I'll give you an example of like a week ago. And this, I wouldn't label this one, you know, as magnanimous as some of the others I've identified in myself, but it, I do call it a milestone, which is, I went to um, lunch with three of my best friends and we had started out texting and trying to decide where to go. 
And we ended up at a really wonderful restaurant, Center City, Philadelphia. And my friend made the first toast and she said, thanks to Dara for choosing such a wonderful place. And here's mm -hmm. the, or I reacted and said, wow, I've never, you know, taken the lead in, with friends in choosing the place before. I usually say, throw out some options and let's all let majority rule, right? And my friend was like, Dara, that's a milestone. Like I made my interest have value and I was willing to say, well, I have good ideas too. Do you know? I mean, not literally say that, but by offering an idea out of the box, they, Martha, my friend, realized that's new for you. That's a change. Because they picked it up. Right. She was aware of how I feel about milestones. But yeah, exactly. She was yeah. able to reflect back to me a milestone, which it goes to your point. Like, we need to recognize them also in each other so that I can say, wow, Lou, you've never done that before. That's amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I really like that. Did, were you always like this? <laughs> were you always aware of milestones no. or what made you become aware of my marking milestones as we get older? I think part of it, I mean, it's an ever evolving thing, but part of it happened when I was, I'm 56 now and I was 43 and feeling so unsettled and unhappy with a career I had loved for 20 plus years. Mm. And, you know, I went through the whole, I must be crazy. It's a great job. You know, it's good money, stability, blah, blah. It's meaningful work. And I was so critical of myself. And then, you know, I, in the back of my mind, heard the words midlife crisis, right? And I was like, I mean, I won't curse on your podcast, but I was like, heck, if I am having a crisis, like, this is a growth spurt, right? This is not a crisis. It feels awful, right? The emotions suck, excuse my language, but it's the emotions are, and I always say it this way, are the data saying you're growing, you're changing, and you're having all these difficult emotions because you're dying to get through and make a change, you know, yeah. in my case, I was fortunate to make a change. And so that got me on this role of we need to do something about the stereotypes and the myths about women in midlife. And yeah. so from there, it evolved. <laughs> gotcha. I I just wanted to put a pin on that because I you <laughs> this whole thing about people calling it a crisis. Okay, fine. I'm not going to quibble with the word, but that it has a negative implication that we're going through a crisis is one of my one of my big issues now that I'm in midlife mm -hmm. because you know we are asking important questions why is that a negative right right we are discovering something about ourselves that we didn't understand before yep. or we're making a huge growth spurt to use your phrase why is that a negative right our, we're, our bodies our minds are dying to emerge and, you know, right. m move forward. And it, it's yeah. growth. And it goes all the way back to the beginning of this conversation, which is yeah. apparently we're not supposed to grow. 
and change right when we hit midlife. So you you were supposed to love that career all the way. And (laughs) it's when our sense of purpose shifts. We think we're going crazy. Society tells us we're going crazy. And yet it's very natural. Like there are shifts throughout our entire life, you know, that why would it be one thing? We're meant to be more. Yeah. Oh, my God. We should have a revolution. (laughs) A midlife uprising. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that is fantastic. Dara, what, you know, you talked about, I don't know if this is the shift that you you did to a new uh, career, but what do you do now, actually? So I, it did shift me, I mean, through several iterations. I now run the Love and Midlife Movement for Women And it's all about we coming together and creating as large a community of women as possible to stop the myths and misconceptions about our experience. Like, why is society telling us we're having an experience when it's different from what we are? And there's a key pillar to the movement that I've added over the past year, which is I want to address the ageism in the beauty industry. And the way I say it is I want to take the why out of the beauty industry. And by why, I mean this fixation on youth and staying young forever. And the idea that our beauty, yours and mine, declines as we age. Beauty is endless. Like There's no reason that the beauty industry is telling us what our problem is and that our problem is we're aging and getting older. And I think we can redefine it on our own terms as your job, beauty industry, is to help me feel and look as healthy and beautiful Mm -hmm. as I am. As I feel as I am. Forever. So that's, I'm, if, if I can make a plea for any of the women listening to your podcast, if that's okay, join me. Tell, I mean, you, you talk about movement. How is it? How does it look like? Is it a community? Like, how can we be part of it? How can I be part of it? Why am I not? I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> so part of it is um, just opting in for my free newsletter, which will be, you know, it, I send it out every other week. And it's mm-hmm. all about with, I mean, a lot of it is things about midlife generally for women and us mm-hmm. and our experiences, mm-hmm. but it's also... Mm-hmm letting you know what are the beauty brands that are pro-age and don't have age-defying, you know, product labels that are called age-defying or stay young forever serum, right? Like anti-aging this. Age reversing is one I saw. And there really are brands out there. So it's celebrating the ones that are doing this And as hard as it is, and it's hard, not opening your wallet to the ones that have categories called anti-aging, you know, even on their websites, let alone products that have that. That's why. So if I can create a community of us, then I have the leverage to go to the beauty industry and the Ultas and the Sephoras and say, we demand that you take the ageism out of the beauty industry. And the first step for us, for me, to join this community is to sign up for your, it's to sign yeah, up. you can go to my website. Is that, is that my first yep. step? 
Okay. I do have free resources on my website, but it's really if you sign up for the newsletter, then you'll be in the know in terms of, and then I'll be saying to you, hey, these beauty brands are interested. Can we come together? Like, and I'm planning Zoom calls with the community because I I need all of us to do this if we're going to do this. And you deserve it. I deserve it. Every single woman, you know, you and I reach every single woman yeah, in the absolutely. world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where is that? Uh, can you, can you tell us the website? Sure. I'm going to put a, uh, put a link on the show notes, but say it anyway sure. for the podcast listeners. So it's loving without the G. So L I V I N midlife.com. And like I said, I will put a link to, on the show notes, but at least for those who don't want to go to show notes, they heard it. Lovingmidlife.com. That is awesome. Plus, I love the word. I love the, I love the, I love the loving midlife as well. Before I ask you my last question, Dara, can you just, you know, we talked about like some of the milestones we've been talking about, examples of the less visible. And also, can I say, more meaningful not that the others aren't meaningful but like they have deeper kind of miles yeah um we talked about marking those we talked about recognizing them uh and then also recognizing when our friends yeah you know are going through them because that that helps so how do we celebrate do we do we like we tell that like how how do you celebrate those kinds of miles yeah i mean one thing is hallmark's not celebrating them, right? Hallmark cards <laughs> don't like, let's find our artist friends and have them create cards that are really mm-hmm. truly on point to the milestones we have in midlife. You really don't find Hallmark cards oh, that mm-hmm. are celebrating, you know, wow, mm-hmm. I'm now feeling unembarrassable. Or now I look mm-hmm. at myself and actually think I'm attractive, you know, or mm-hmm. I feel more beautiful than ever before right mm-hmm. we should uh, we should <laughs> i just got an idea we should i don't know if somebody's doing it but let's make t-shirts yeah. let's make let's make things let's create okay, shops i'll get talk to you yeah shops right yeah exactly with these with these sentences and like wear them yeah. and and be proud of them that's part them. of okay. building a movement it really is mhm mhm so awesome well, Tara, this has been great. I love this conversation. I'm just going to have to invite you Aww. again because I have other things that I want to talk to you oh, Anytime, Very much kindred spirits. I feel the same When I was 20, I was looking for affirmation entirely externally. Like, anyone and everyone who would give it to me i'd take it i'd be able to hold on to it for a little while and then it would disappear and i needed it again and i did not have me at all like i didn't have me as my friend me as the one who said you really did do a good job with that like i couldn't i just didn't the way i describe it is i didn't have me and That includes liking me, loving me, being compassionate, all that stuff, and affirming. And at 56, I have me, and I like the Dara package. 
I want to thank Dara Goldberg again for sharing her insights with us. You're going to find all the links to her website, to her social media, as well as some highlights of this episode on the show notes, which you can find if you go to secondbreaks.com. Again, that's secondbreaks.com. And thank you so much, my listener friend, for joining me today. If you like this episode or, you know, the podcast in general, I would uh, really, really appreciate it if you would do me a solid and share it with a friend or two. You know, word of mouth is still the best way to grow. And by mentioning this episode to your friends, you're going to be helping me tremendously in reaching other midlifers who can benefit from the topics that we talk about on the show. I'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. <laughs>